Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you are well in the midst of this storm, just like the little bird in the cleft of the rock um, going tweet, tweet, tweet when the storm was raging on the beach all around it. Our our confidence, our um, peace uh, comes from being deeply rooted in Christ, not from circumstances being all right. I listened last night to Dan Burke. Dan um, has been the editor of the National Catholic Register. He's the founder of the Avila Institute. Um, uh, He has the site spiritualdirection.com. He's written books. He is um, a convert to the church also from a Jewish background and uh, has a beautiful wife, and is a, one of our heroes. And Dan, uh, I had mentioned him a while back that we were praying for him. Dan uh, uh, had the coronavirus, and he was fighting for his life. He was on a ventilator for a long time. And um, many people around the world uh, were praying for him. And he is home now. And he has no doubt it's due to everyone's prayers. Um, and he has an interview. I don't, I don't know quite uh, how to refer you to it at the moment. I'll look at the, uh, for the URL on the internet for its location so I could tell you after our first break. But um, I listened to the interview with Dan and his wife Stephanie last night. Um, I followed his progress and um and uh even when he was near death and then as he was recovering uh they tried many things on him and and again he was on a ventilator and truly fighting for his life he's had a heart attack or two before he his uh, health condition was quite vulnerable and he is okay now he's not okay but he's out of it and he's home And he did a podcast. I don't know when he did it, but I saw it last night on the Internet. Um, Dan uh, speaks with a, not a complaining heart, not an angry heart, not a, um, how do I want to say, a martyr's heart, nothing of that. He speaks with a humble, sincere heart, uh, reflecting on what God did during that time. And Dan said that God stripped him of everything. He had no power. He had no ability. Dan did. He had nothing at all. Nothing at all but God. And um, he thinks that with the coronavirus, um, God gave him uh, something of a dark night. Now, when we're seriously ill, it's not automatically a dark night. But when God removes so much from us, uh, that all we have is him, um, 
it's a it's a sort of a dark night, of course, and a true dark night where uh, even we don't have any sense of God at all. But um, Dan came out of this uh, certain, certain that this is a chastisement for us. I'm. I also believe that, beloved. I know there are angry people, angry with the bishop's decisions, angry with uh, everybody at the Vatican, um, angry with the response to this, angry with their priests, irate that they can't have the Eucharist. And you know, um, I think we need to change our focus. We were in shock. We were in agony. We could not believe that the churches would be closed that we couldn't have the Eucharist. There are people who wrote that they'd rather get sick, even die, than be deprived of the Eucharist. Um, I can understand all that, but I absolutely agree with Dan. I think we need to switch our focus now. I think we need to wake up and understand that this is God's chastisement. We To blame the hierarchy, to blame... A priest to blame bishops to blame the pope to blame anyone else that may comfort us for a moment but the fact is i believe that god has sent this um even if even if the bishops and others even if their decisions are not what god would have had it's what god has because it's what is and i believe this is god's will and I believe we have earned it. And if anyone individually says, not me, what have I done? I haven't done anything. Well, um, you put Christ on the cross and you say, "How do you, you don't even know me. What do you mean I put? Yes, you did. Because if you didn't put Christ on the cross, then you, then you don't need a Savior. He came to die for your sins, for my sins, for the sins of the whole world. There's no one of us that's innocent. Not one of us. Um, Dan said one of the hu- the largest, the hugest things is, um, uh, and I heard this also um, from Father Z last night, um, that one of the um, major causes of such a plague, uh, such a pandemic, is the millions of sacrilegious communions, people receiving the Eucharist in mortal sin, matter-of-factly receiving the Holy Eucharist in the hand, which is, I just say straight out, um, I want to call it an abomination, um, because... um, as Dan explained and others have explained in churches, especially Latin mass churches where a patent is used um, and everyone receives on the tongue and yet at the end of mass going from each person, that patent has uh, quite a number of tiny particles of the host. Well, when you receive in your hand, you pe- people don't look and take the particles. Very, very few people do that. And they just, you know, go back to their seats, and the particles are all over the floor, and Christ is trampled on. Uh, I have a friend last night whose priest 
actually in another parish, not her normal priest, um, she could not bear to be without the Eucharist on on um, um, Passion Sunday, and so he was going to give her the Eucharist. She had already watched Mass uh, through her TV or Internet, and um, he told her this, to come down and he would give her the Eucharist. I'm not going to uh, say who that was, but um, and she got there, and... Um, the priest waited for her, and he had communion, and he wanted to put our Lord on her hand, and she said, no, 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 on my tongue. And he said, uh, no, I won't do that. I'll only give you uh, the Eucharist, the host on your hand. She said, I can't take my Lord on my hand. I can't do that. And he said, are you sure? She said, yes, I'm sure I can. He said, okay, then, well, and he walked away. It it. She called me in tears. I just can't imagine it. I can't imagine it. And if I were in that situation, I think I would do the same. I, why? I just couldn't bear to receive him on my hand. God. I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know what's happened to our church, to the, to the people in it. Uh, the religious, the clergy, uh, individually us. Uh, we go up to Mass, we're distracted, um, we think of all kinds of things. Mass ends, we've just received our Lord, and the churches are loud with talking and laughing. Nobody could even pray if they want to spend a time of thanksgiving. It's uh, priests do nothing for the most part, to silence the people, to ask them to not speak in church. It is um, um, some of the music that I hear that's comparable to a nightclub. It, it's just so awful. I go to a very wonderful parish, we do, with a wonderful priest. Um, uh, not during this time. We're not receiving communion. But um, uh, Dan spoke of the sacrilege. So did Father Z last night. Um, and of the enormous sacrilege, of, of the desecration of our Lord uh, by millions. And Father Z said the one good thing that's come out of this is that we're not desecrating him like that anymore because we're not receiving him. So we're not trampling on him where people aren't going up for communion who are living together outside of marriage who are living a homosexual lifestyle, who are in grave sin. They're not going up to communion now. And that's a good thing, because our Lord is so... What's the word? What's the word? Um, I can't think of something strong enough. We don't treat Him like God. We don't even understand what it is that He's God. We don't even understand the unbelievable spot we're in that in receiving our Lord in a state of mortal sin or just nonchalantly we should die on the spot and we don't because of his mercy it's an amazing thing beloved so I think we need to change our focus and um, and make this a true time of repentance every one of us There's no one, no one exempt from this because we are a body. God sees us as his people.
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Please join us as we reflect on this station from the Way of the Cross. The 14th station, Jesus is laid in the tomb. The body of Jesus is laid in a stranger's tomb. He who in this world had nowhere to rest his head would have no grave of his own after death. You, whose heart is still attached to this world, despise it, that you may not perish with it. O Jesus, you have singled me out from the world. What then shall I seek in it? You have created me for heaven. What then shall I desire upon earth? Depart from me, deceitful world, with all your vanities. From now on I will walk the way of the cross, traced out for me by my Redeemer, and journey toward to my heavenly home, where my rest and my joy shall be forever. The Way of the Cross is a Catholic devotion, focusing on the scriptural images of Jesus on the day of his crucifixion. We encourage you to participate in this devotion at your parish during Lent. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, I did look up uh, during the break the uh, URL, the um, podcast, uh, f- just live, fresh last night from Dan and Stephanie Burke. Dan was uh, fighting for his life for quite a, a long time with the coronavirus. And you can see him in that video. I I recommend it. And it is on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com, let me see, I have it now, Apostles of the Way, that's the name of this, Apostles of the Way, Dan's Ministries, Apostles of the Way, slash videos, slash, oh my, there's a whole series of numbers after that, but Facebook.com, slash Apostles of the Way, one word, Apostles of the Way, slash videos, slash a whole bunch of numbers after that. Um, you should be able to bring that up. Um, and I would say to listen, Dan has a very beautiful wife who um, uh, was with him all the way and, and is with him all the way. Uh, great, great, wonderful people of faith. And as you watch Dan, he is so, so frail from this. Um, still very, very frail. Uh, but God has brought him, it seems, out of the worst of it. So, 
um, we ask you to pray still for Dan for his full recovery. Um, and I ask you, I, I thought of reading several things to you this morning. Um, there's so much out there about this coronavirus, about the church, about the state we're in, about prophecies of uh, that seem to point to this time um, of a, um, a plague to come upon us, uh, all kinds of things. Um, is this the last, the end times? I don't know. Is it the beginning of the end times? I don't know that either. Does it seem like that? Do the pieces fit together? Well, they do. You can, you can put them together, but only God knows. But the fact is that nothing touches us that God has not allowed. I believe there's no one to blame for this. Not anyone's wrong decisions. All of that. The minute we blame it, we take, blame others, we take the focus of us. I think we've met the enemy and it is us. And I think it's time to repent. Um, I printed out, I don't know where I received this, just in the last week or so. Um, I think it was from Catholic Vote, the Apostolate of Catholic Vote. And um, there's a, um, a quote here from Gandalf and Frodo, The Fellowship of the Ring, the film. Um, and um, uh, Frodo said, I wish it need not have happened in my time. So do I, said Gandalf. And so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. Let me read that again. I wish it need not have happened in my time, said Frodo. So do I, said Gandalf. And so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. And beloved, the time, uh, what to do with what's given us is to do what most of us have never done before. And that is to live our whole lives and every moment and every action and every breath as if God really existed, as if, as if he really gave us his church on earth as if Jesus were the only way to heaven through his church. Not someone's idea of God, not someone's denomination, but through the church he established on earth. We have a gift that we don't begin to know. We don't even begin to know. And we have flaunted it, we have degraded it, we have spread its dirty laundry throughout the whole world, Abortions equal or more than the world. Um, divorce equal to the world or more. Um, the church is empty now and many of the people in them going uh, out of habit, out of culture, uh, out of fear. And uh, I see people eating something in church. I see them chewing in church, uh, going up to receive the Eucharist. I see them coming half naked, immodest, uh, women that should never enter a church building or any building as as immodestly dressed as they are, some even in the Latin parish church. Um, 
I don't know what we need to wake us up, beloved, but this is a good wake-up call, I think. And if we think we're immune from it or we get we blame others, um, we're going to be in bad shape. We're going to be in bad shape, beloved. This is not the first um, plague that's been put on the human race. Look through the Old Testament. Look at so many people are saying... Um, it's a God, I've heard priests say this, uh, God couldn't have brought this, he didn't bring this, God would not do this, that's not a God of love, it's not the God we have. Well, it is a God of love, it is the God we have that would do this. He formed a people for himself, the Hebrew people, in the Old Covenant. And how many plagues did he send upon them? He sent the ten plagues upon um, Egypt that they would repent and they did not and he sent um, um, what did he send on his own people uh, tremendous plagues um, uh, they were complaining about not having food they complained uh, about um, the manna that God fed them in the wilderness for 40 years uh, they complained about everything they forgot how they begged uh, Moses uh, to have God take them out of Egypt then God took them out of Egypt and they complained and complained and complained now I keep in mind that when we read the scriptures um, it looks like they're out of Egypt two days and complaining but those two days represent several years so I understand that but they complained and we're tired of this manna um, they're they're, they're Sandals did not wear out for 40 years. We want to say, hello, hello, look at your shoes. It's been 40 years. They're not simply well made. God has kept you. He's kept everything. He's provided the manna for you. Uh, All of that. And then they finally uh, uh, reached the promised land and sent two spies in. Um, uh uh, well, a whole bu- 12 actually, and they came back and scared the people. There's giants in the land, we're going to be killed. There's we can't go in there. And only Joshua and Caleb um, um, proclaimed that it's what God is doing, and there's not to be any fear. But the people wouldn't listen. And after 40 years of a, it, what was an 11 day journey, 40 years. They were all, they all died in the wilderness. Their shoes didn't wear out, but they died because they did not believe God, because they complained against him. They would not trust him. And Joshua and Caleb alone went into the promised land. They all died, um, including Moses, before the sin he committed of pride in striking, striking the rock a, a second time when God had not told him to do that made a mockery of God as if he could perform magic. Um, God has sent plagues. Uh, King David, God actually gave him a choice. Do you want a plague? Do you want a famine? Uh, I forget the, the, the third choice. And um, uh, many times it is the God we have. The God of the Old Testament, beloved, is the God who sent his son to die for us on the cross. That is the God of the Old Testament. If you think that that's not our God, you don't know who God is, you don't know who Jesus is, 
um, God is too holy to excuse sin and too loving to have put us to death. So instead, he put his son to death. And in our stead, in our place, Christ became a sin offering for us because the wages of sin is death, that we could live. If we put our trust in him, if you were in uh, the first century uh, with the St. Paul and all of those, Christ established his church. There's only one church. To, to follow Christ was to be in his ecclesia, his church. And very soon, I think it's just the beginning of Corinthians, Paul says, "What a, someone says, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas, uh, Cephas, I'm of Paul, I'm of Jesus, as if uh, uh, he, uh, Paul says, is Christ divided? Of course not. He's not divided. And that church that God planted, that God is, he didn't plant, that he established it on the foundation of the apostles and prophets is still existing today because the gates of hell will not prevent, prevail against it, will not prevail against it. And beloved, our lady's immaculate heart will triumph. Do we sit and seclude ourselves and wait for that time and isolate ourselves from the world? Well, maybe during this coronavirus, some isolation is due, but uh, we are the apostles of our day. We need to tell the whole world about Christ. We need to tell the whole world. When I came into the church, I wasn't in the church yet. I started visiting the parish of a, a priest that I had heard about and read something of his writings. I wanted to go to that church. I sat in the back pew. I didn't even want to meet him. I, did, I was going very slow. I was afraid, very cautious. And the first time I went, I heard him preach the gospel. And from the ambo, he said, we need to tell the whole world. I broke out in tears. I had never heard any Catholic say that. It's us, beloved. We are God's emissaries. We are his ambassadors on earth. We are little Christ to the world. And we have failed. We have failed. We have brought every sort of distortion and debauchery into the church. We have uh, everyone's welcome. Everyone's welcome. Homosexuals and, and um, sinners of every kind. And you say, well, didn't Jesus die for them? He did. He died for me. I'm one of them. He did die for them. But that's not what the church is. To come to church is to worship God. It's not a gathering place. It's not a social situation. And it's not the place for evangelization. It's the place for us to go and worship God. We can invite someone to help them to faith, but not because we accept a lifestyle that is contrary to what has God has given. So um, there's the music for our break, beloved. Feel free to call in with anything on your heart, one 511 5483 or email at mother at com. We'll be right back.
Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Questions about your faith life and the life of your family? Ask Mother Miriam each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern when the Station of the Cross brings you Mother Miriam Live, a program to inspire you and offer solutions to many of life's challenges. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam with some very exciting news. Through a partnership between the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, you will be able to listen and watch Mother Miriam live on YouTube and Facebook at the Station of the Cross, including past episodes on podcast. As always, you're going to be able to call, text, or email whatever your questions are. If you are not able to watch the live stream, you'll still be able to listen on your local Station of the Cross affiliate on the iCast. Catholic Radio mobile app or at thestationofthecross.com. God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um... And we are going to take your calls, your texts, your emails for this half hour. Our lines are wide open. Feel free to call in. Um, and again, the number is one eight seven seven toll free or text one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have an email from someone who writes it anonymously. And he says, I struggle with purity of the flesh. I am tempted when I lay down at night and other times throughout the day. I think it started as a thing of comfort. I have had memories of it from when I was a child and was molested. I've been confessing it almost weekly for four years since returning to the church. I am begging the Lord and the Blessed Mother and good St. Joseph to assist me to stop, and am praying and fasting this Lent. What are your words of wisdom? I aim to start today fasting on bread and water on Wednesday and Friday and praying three rosaries a day as I am out of work right now. I am in, am I in mortal sin? I've made it a habit to stay, to say an act, um, let me see now. I've made it a habit to say an act of contrition 
after I have given in, I struggle with feelings of hurting our Lord and want to be free from this addiction. Thank you for your help. Please pray for me. Well, beloved, um, my, my, my first thought is our, our Lord's love for you, his enormous, enormous love for you. He knows your woundedness. You know, when, when children are molested, the evil that is done to them is incalculable, and uh, the molester uh, is not only um, an animal, not only um, insensitive, not only selfish, um, and I could add uh, many other things to that, but has very, very little idea of how they destroy a life. This is not being too dramatic. They destroy a life. A little child who is molested, the parent thinks, well, they're just uh, something to be used. Uh, children are molested by their dads, sometimes by their moms, uh, sometimes by their brothers, uncles, neighbors, whatever it may be. It destroys a child. And the child grows up feeling like dirt, feeling they're not worthy, uh, even feeling uh, guilty for it. But there's no guilt on a child. And I want to say to you, dear Anonymous One, that God knows what you've suffered, and he knows the fruit of that. And yes, there is uh, grave sin involved. There's grave sin involved, indeed. But whether or not it's mortal for you, meaning that it cuts you off from the life of God, only God knows that. You are striving against it. You are trying you don't like this situation you're in. You're trying. You're fasting. You're praying. You're trying to get out of it. Um, I would say, as long as you can go to confession, don't ever fail to go to confession. Doesn't matter if it's every day. You go to confession and look for a priest who could be your spiritual director and confessor, so that he knows you and he knows your situation and he can help guide you. It's a suffering you are living with, and um, I would say as long as you can, go to confession, and now, if you cannot, um, um, you cannot receive the Eucharist, perhaps, but there certainly are priests, many, many priests in many churches who are at least hearing confessions, and um, and, and in this case, I'm going to beg um I'm going to beg all, bish- all, all bishops, all priests, to find a way to hear confessions during Holy Week before Easter. The ones, even for some people, it's just once a year that's required by the church. Um, I know of number of priests who are hearing confessions. We saw a film on the internet of a priest that set up a confessional, and he has cars driving by, and they keep the six foot the six foot distance, probably 12 feet, and uh, the priest and the individual speak on a cell phone so they can hear one another rather than shouting back and forth. Cell phone confessions, if they're not face-to-face, are not good, not allowed, not legitimate. But to do it that way, it is. You're looking at each other, you're speaking to each other, you're using a cell phone so you could hear. 
I would, and, and many priests are hearing confessions in churches. They've set up a number of confession times so that there aren't long lines. And all you need to do, everyone, is keep the six-foot distance, even if some of you have to wait outside the church. Keep that six-foot distance. Um, And it it could happen, especially this week. Um, That I would beg for. That I would beg for, for priests to hear confessions. Um... And for priests to go into hospitals where people are dying and and sick, absolutely. There's, um, um, I think Father Ripiger had a Father Chad Ripiger had an article on LifeSite News a few days ago that every priest, no priest, is excused from going to the dying and from hearing their confession. It's part of uh, what you are as a priest, and so virus or not. Um, so dear one, um, I don't know if you've, you haven't mentioned that you've been to a psychologist. Um, but I, if you haven't been, I would urge you to find a good psychologist. Uh, and I mean psychologists that can just begin to, uh, work with you over time. Could be years, could be months, could be less, but, um, you shouldn't go through this painful situation in life alone. And if you've been to a psychologist and they haven't helped that much, uh, find someone else. But don't walk this way alone. And yes, uh, learn how to do a spiritual communion during this time um, and also um, uh, an act of, uh, as much as you can, a perfect act of contrition with true sorrow. I don't think you're going to have a problem with that. Don't give up. Don't despair. Our Lord loves you very much, and um, he will help you out of this. Until then, it's a suffering that he has allowed for you, and know that it's a suffering, and uh, it's a grave evil that's been put on you, um, and God can help you out of that in time. So be patient and um, and trust God in this one. Find a psychologist and... Um, Go to confession as often as you can. Um, I have no magic way, magic or any way at all, to help you to stop. I think whatever I suggest, you probably have already started. You know, when you feel that way, when you have the temptation, um, run around the block if you can. Um, Get your mind on something else and, and use, don't just read a book because your mind will go back, but run around the block, call a friend, go see somebody, um, go out to lunch, do something that is going to distract you. And if you can do it with a close friend, that would be great. We have another email by someone written anonymously and um, who's, who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I'm 18 years old. I am struggling with a pornography addiction. I'm so sorry. My goodness. This is rampant, I know. I have been addicted since I was nine. See there, another child. Another child. Uh, Very, very hard. Very, very hard. I've been a lifelong Catholic, but I began to practice my faith more deeply as I got older. My family life is also dysfunctional. It saddens me that most of my family is non-practicing. How can I break this evil? 
How can I break this evil addiction so the Lord can better use my life for my family? As I attend college, I love watching your show in between classes. Thank you, and God bless. Well, God bless you, dear one. And if you if you heard the answer I gave to the email before you um, that is similar, um, it, I, I hope that will help you too. But don't despair. Whatever you do, do not despair. Do not give up on life. Never, ever, ever, ever. And know that um, uh, this is something that you've been a victim of, um, and you're striving to get out of it. You're striving to live a holy life is the grace of God in your life. And he who has begun that good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. Don't despair. And don't give up ever, ever, ever. And again, if you can find either a good school counselor or a psychologist or someone, uh, maybe a very, very good and holy priest, uh, someone that can walk with you through this and can help you, can give you spiritual reading, spiritual exercises, um, uh, and so forth. Okay, there's, there's just no formula I have for this. Uh, addictions are very, very powerful, especially pornography and sexual additions. Um, uh, so um, keep striving. Say, Jesus, I trust you a hundred times a day. Pray your rosary. Go to Mass when you can um, and try to get a spiritual counselor that you can see regularly. Okay. Um, we have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Hello, dear mother. My name is Nicole. Oh, dear, I shouldn't have said that because it says anonymous, but then she says her name. So I'm sorry, Nicole, um, uh, if there was a... Maybe the... Uh, um, okay. Um all right, Nicole. Anyway, she says, I've been going... If anyone calls in, beloved, and um, uh, wants their call to be anonymous, there's no problem. There's no problem. Whether you call in or write in, it doesn't matter. Just say anonymous, and I don't want my name on the air. There's, you don't have to give the call screen your name. Nothing. So just don't worry about that. Okay, she says, I've been going to stand out for life the past few months. My heart longs to go tomorrow and to 40 days for life. However, my husband is afraid of the virus. He's had several heart procedures, a stroke, and neurological problems. I feel that I should honor my primary mission, my marriage, but I am still so sad about staying back. I feel like a coward. Thank you in anticipation of your advice. God bless. Well, you're not a coward when you live your primary mission and vocation. Pardon me. Which is your marriage. You, you follow your husband. Number one, if you, you go to a um, uh, 40 Days for Life or uh, any uh, pro-life mission, Again, all of you need to keep at least the six-foot distance. This is an incredibly contagious disease. And if your husband is afraid, 
don't go. You could be, you are much healthier than your husband, and you could bring home the virus and never know you have it and give it to him because he is so medically vulnerable. So out of charity for your husband, you out of, out of uh, love for him, out of charity, you should not even think of going. And if you feel like a coward, you're wrongly focused. You're not being a coward. You're being a wife, and you're being heroic, and you need to offer the prayers for all the pro-life efforts um, to God because you're, you're, um, you've chosen to sacrifice for the sake of your husband, and you've made the right choice. So you're not a coward. You're, you know what it is to be a good wife. There's the music for our break, beloved. We'll be right back, and feel free to call in with anything on your heart. We'll be right back. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. You've got a 10 minutes. Our lines are wide open. Feel free to call in with anything on your heart. 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. 
We have uh, anonymous email um, uh, from someone who writes, Hello, Mother Miriam. Your words about keeping a spirit of gratitude is very much appreciated. I'll try to remember your words when this whole thing starts to get me down. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Pardon me. As far as keeping churches open, I wish you'd, you would listen to some ER emergency room doctors' accounts of handling this coronavirus. It is not a matter of some people being afraid. Um, I'm not afraid, but none of us with a conscience can feel free to blithely move around and put others in danger. I may be willing to take my chances, but it might be wrong to cause this harm to others. Thank you. Amen. A hundred percent. A hundred percent right. Like the woman who wrote in before, uh, we need to consider other people. Um, we need to consider other people. Uh, I know of one very beautiful young priest. He's extremely healthy, but wherever he goes, he puts on um, a mask because he knows that it's possible he has it. He has no symptoms, but because he's so healthy, he wouldn't know it, but yet he can give it to other people. We need to be considerate, yes. We have an email from Patricia in Holland, and she says, Dear Mother Miriam in Holland, oh, welcome, Patricia. I love to hear from people all over the world. She says, I pray you are well. I'm Irish living in Holland, a very secularized country where the option to homeschool does not exist. Oh, my. Schooling is legal once children turn five years old. As you would be aware, it feeds their agenda. There is a set curriculum which must be taught in every school. If parents want to homeschool, they must register before the child turns five. Otherwise, the child is legally obliged to attend public schools. And once they do, there is no way of turning back. I know people who have left the country in order to be able to homeschool. Now, um, that's just, uh, we haven't finished her email yet, but I wonder if they arrest you if you don't send your children to school. I don't don't understand it not being an option. They may not get a degree, okay, but they would still be educated and taught at home. Uh, Maybe they arrest parents who teach their children at home. I don't know that. She says, my daughter um, is almost four years old. My husband is not on the same page, unfortunately. And being able to homeschool has been in my prayer intentions ever since the veil was removed and the Lord allowed me to understand and know the truth of our faith. I was inspired by your previous show where you explained the vocation of a husband and wife. And I know that the decision needs to be mutual and not lone wolf. However, with the current virus restrictions and the fact that we're all home now, I took the opportunity to order a preschool curriculum from Mother of Divine Grace, good, based in the U.S., so that I can trial homeschooling. Very good. Mother Miriam, I would love it. I would love if you and your listeners can keep us in your prayers that my husband sees the fruit of the homeschooling 
and agrees that we can take this step. Time is unfortunately against us as we must refrain from registering we must refrain from registering her by the time she turns five. Thank you and God bless Patricia. Wow. <clears throat> I wonder if your husband hasn't changed his mind now with the coronavirus and children are simply home. Um, I also wonder if your husband is Catholic with you and if you could get a hold, you still have time to register your child um, before she's five and, and still homeschool her. So that's still a possibility. I thank God for that. Would you have the opportunity to look at the material you have for Mother Divine Grace and then um, get a hold of the school, um, the... Um, uh, whatever grade, if she'd be entering kindergarten, I don't know, get a copy of their curriculum, uh, not just for kindergarten, but, you know, maybe the, the whole uh, curriculum for elementary school, something like that, as much as you can, and, and compare it to, uh, a good homeschool program, like, as you mentioned, Mother of Divine Ra- Grace, um, uh, there, there are several, and I'm going to recommend uh, uh, a small bunch in our next newsletter. I'm going to have all the recommendations and the contact information. Um, and uh, beyond that. Uh, so if you can do any of that, particularly ask the school about how they handle sex education. And if you bring that home and compare it with your husband... Perhaps that'll shock him and change his mind. Um, I would fight for this one, Patricia. Um, I wouldn't submit easily. I would fight for it, not in any fighting spirit, but uh, asking God for wisdom and everything you can do to respect your husband and calmly bring him uh, the problematic situation with sending your little one to school. If you do do wind up sending her to school, you are still off the hook for homeschooling, right? So you you go through everything she's learned every day when she goes home. You're still going to feed it through the grid of your faith, and you're still going to homeschool her. Um, You're not going to just leave it up to the school no matter what. So that's a hard one, Patricia. I I agree. I'm so sorry for that. And I would say to your husband... Don't be stubborn. And if you think that your wife, that your child, your little one is not going to get the prime education they would in the schools because teachers are more educated, more capable of teaching than your wife, that may be the case even. They could be more educated, more trained, and more capable. But they're going to be more educated and trained in ruining your children. Your children need their mother. They need the family, and there's no damage that's going to be done to them. Okay, let me just see now. Um, We have an email from Yvonne, and she says, Dear Mother, a quick question. About a week ago, you explained on your show that the Sacred Heart devotion is the highest form of devotion in our church in terms of prayer, and I did say, apart from the Mass. 
And she says, I agreed with you until I thought of the divine mercy and with all the merciful gifts we get from this devotion. Would this not be the greatest devotion? Thank you, Mother. I value your opinion so much and your teachings. Um, Okay, she brings something else in. No, the sacred heart. It's the heart that was pierced for us. Behold, our Lord said, this heart that has so loved the world and is so little loved in return. It's his heart that pours out his mercy. It is his sacred heart through whom mercy is poured out to the world. There's no greater devotion apart from the Mass. Um, And there's a second part to this email. I'm so sorry. We'll need to get to it tomorrow, and we will, Yvonne, first up. Okay, God bless you. God bless you all. Live your faith. Live a life now, now, today, Holy Week of Reparation, the entire week. It's a first-class feast, and in the Benedictine tradition, live an entire week of reparation and penance for our Lord.